There's a reason why in Florida, professional wrestling was deemed an essential business. Because it kicks ass. This is Heel Turns and Headlocks. And this is Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Heel Turns and Headlocks podcast. I am your co-host, Brian LaPrey, and with me today, the ultimate opportunist, Bear DeJulia. It only took me to realize that you introduced me in these ways because you're talking about who we're going to talk about on the episode. It's kind of messed up that it took me this long. It's been, what, like 30 episodes now? Something like that? Well, it, it's better late than never. And on that topic of ultimate opportunists, we are here to talk about Edge. For those of you who haven't watched wrestling in 2020, Edge's comeback story has been one of the best aspects of professional wrestling. Uh, Bear and myself were never the biggest Edge fans, but even we had tears in our eyes when he came back at the Royal Rumble. When he announced that he was actually returning to the ring was an incredibly emotional moment. And obviously... His feud with Randy Orton has produced two excellent matches, including the greatest match of all time. That's what Um, they say, brother. (laughs) Which was actually a great match. We'll give them credit. They killed it, and all credit to them. Unfortunately, Edge suffered a torn pectoral muscle. I believe that's true, right? He tore something. We'll we'll say it is. Anyways, Edge tore his pectoral muscle and has been out ever since. That injury happened at backlash during the quote-unquote greatest match ever um that kind of sucked right it happened in june we're now here in september three months have gone by and no edge and really edge was one of the best parts of wwe over the course of the past eight months i guess five months leading up to backlash um His promos really added a cool element to the shows. The empty arena feel, I think, actually really benefited Edge and helped make people like myself, and I won't speak for Bear, but I believe Bear, too, appreciate him more and understand, you know, maybe the depths of his character that we didn't see before or didn't appreciate before, whichever it was. But he is out. That injury should not keep him out for too much longer since we're already at the three-month mark, but we're not going to speculate. Instead... We're going to dream and fantasize and do some fantasy booking because today we are talking about the five wrestlers, uh, as always, plus an honorable mention, that we would love to see Edge feud with once he returns. So if Wikipedia isn't lying to me, which have they ever before? Yes, they have. Wikipedia says that Edge suffered torn triceps. Ah, triceps. And it was reported that the Injury would sideline him for four to eight months. We are no doctors. Is it possible it could be longer? Sure. Is it possible he could be back next Raw? Maybe. But he's out for four to eight months. So today we're kind of fantasy booking his return to the squared circle, if you will, and feuds that we'd like to see the Rated R Superstar have. And without further ado, Mr. Brian LaPrey, how would you like to start this list off? Well, I think we're going to do it alphabetically because we're simple people. Um, Simple, simple men. And doing that means we are starting with 
baby. Adam Cole. Adam Cole, baby. Now, in our mind, the beauty of Edge returning is that he kind of doesn't need to be on a brand, right? He, We often complain as wrestling fans that WWE doesn't stick to their brands, but when it comes to a guy who's pushing 50 and we only have so many matches left of, F it. We're going to book it against whoever the hell we want, and that starts with Adam Cole. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Adam Cole, or those of you who are and like the refreshers, the guy is a very edge-like superstar. Um, I know that a lot of people, myself included, have compared him to Shawn Michaels and Triple H, almost like a blend between the two. Uh, Edge had a lot of that as well. I think that's why he was so popular during his time. The ultimate opportunist kind of mentality is something that Adam Cole has adopted. And because of that, he has become one of the most successful wrestlers really in the world of the past 10 years. Obviously, that's relative to where he was, sure, but the only three-time Ring of Honor World Champion, the longest reigning NXT champion as of tonight, um, and obviously the longest reigning PWG World Champion, a, a Grand Slam champion in NXT. In our eyes, what better way to introduce Adam Cole and potentially all of the Undisputed Era than to have him go one-on-one -on -one with an absolute legend like Edge and really affirm in the eyes of the skeptics, hey, this kid is not only great in the world of NXT, he is a face of the company type of superstar, which I think Bear and I both believe he is. Not just a guy who's a main eventer, but you build companies around Adam Cole. And, and it's just like Edge, right? Edge was just like Edge was just like that in the what was it like the mid 2010s when he was really at the top, being an 11-time world champion, a five-time Intercontinental champion. This is a resume that we can not necessarily say, oh, Adam Cole is going to be just like this, but it's almost very parallel, right? And plus, Adam Cole, yes, phenomenal wrestler, but he's more known for his mic skills, right? You know, he's very easily captivate a crowd and that's just what edge did when he was you know the rated r superstar and opportunist people wanted to see edge get his ass kicked i think it'd be a cool story between edge and adam cole yeah i agree and and look edge obviously is a guy who has proven throughout history he can play the face role he can play the hero role. i think in this Absolutely. scenario make him what he is he's a guy who's at the end of the line, end of his career, he has this incredible comeback. He gets hurt in just his third match, if you include the Royal Rumble. You know, not the most ideal outcome, of course. And it was a great match, to his credit. It was a great match. I think the issue that you can harp upon is, at the end of the day, he's still in his late 40s. It's still near the end. Whereas Adam Cole is just now coming into the prime of his career. He's not even in the prime of his career, and he's already done all this. Have him throw it in his face. Have the prototypical up-and-coming guaranteed superstar against bona fide legend superstar. That, that's a match made in heaven. We've seen it before. Yes, it works. Randy Orton got to where he is because he had feuds with guys like Shawn Michaels, right? Adam Cole and Edge. Edge can be the Shawn Michaels for Adam Cole. And really, I think that – Feud kind of writes itself because those guys are so damn talented. We all know the match would steal the show on whatever show it's on, and hopefully we get to see that before Ed hangs it up because those are two guys who can not only tear it up in the ring but have a great feud and potentially create a new legitimate 
franchise player, if you will, in Adam Cole. And easily to trans- transition this um, next matchup that we'd love to see. Edge used to have a podcast called The Edge and Christian Show that totally reeks of awesomeness. Loved that podcast. I listened to every episode. All the time they'd have guests come on and ask Edge and Christian questions. They Someone would ask Edge, all right, Edge, if you were to ever come back with Ant, well, but he did, if you could ever come back, who would you like to face? Who would you like to feud and why? Edge is almost always the same thing every single time. AJ Styles. And that's another match. Again, AJ Styles could wrestle a broom and it would be a five-star match in the eyes of anybody who puts stars on matches, star ratings, I should say. But AJ Styles is a guy that, you know, again, Edge and AJ Styles, their paths never crossed because while Edge was, you know, the guy in WWE for all those years alongside John Cena, alongside Triple H, AJ Styles was the guy alongside Samoa Joe, alongside Christopher Daniels over in TNA. While Christian's path may have crossed paths with AJ Styles. Edge never did. So this would this is another one of those matches that could easily write itself. It's, you know, two guys that represented brands, represented companies during their primes. And what better way to kind of end your career if you're Edge than a match with a guy that was kind of almost kind of your counterpart in yeah. that sense. Yeah. AJ Styles is very sad. Forget about currently, AJ Styles is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Plain and simple. The guy has been a WWE champion, an NWA World Heavyweight Champion, a TNA World Heavyweight Champion, the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, and he's won all those titles multiple times. He's been a PWG Champion. He's been Ring of Honor Pure Champion, the first ever where, if you haven't seen it, he beat CM Punk to win that tournament. Classic match. Go back and watch it. Reality of AJ is that in WWE is where we've seen his character develop more. And he's grown into this role where AJ can be the most popular face in the building or he can be the most hated heel on any show. He was incredible in the feud against The Undertaker. Obviously, the Boneyard match was one of the highlights of wrestling in 2020. Um, I think AJ's riding high on a wave of momentum right now, even though he did recently lose the Intercontinental Championship. You're looking at a guy that's a tag title reign away from being a Grand Slam champion. And does that mean something to you? I don't know. It means something to me, especially when you consider he's only been here for four years. That's the craziest part. A Grand Slam champion minus the tag title run that him and Jericho probably should have had. That's another story for another day. Um, they did have the shirts. Why two AJ? So. Why two AJ? Why two AJ? Uh, look, point is AJ is a two-time world champion in WWE, three-time United States champion, and a former Intercontinental champion. He hasn't even been here for five years. Edge, the resume speaks for itself. Even if you took everything out of it and you just looked at what they've done in WWE. That main event's whatever show it's on. But when you look at the fact that over the past 20 years in professional wrestling, you can count, what, at most two hands, the stars who were bigger than AJ and Edge, if there are any in American wrestling. And yes, I know there are some hyperbole people. 
this story writes itself. And I think AJ, the work that he did against The Undertaker lends perfectly to a potential feud with Edge. And who knows? Maybe we'll get it at WrestleMania. Maybe we won't, regardless. That's a match that I think everyone and their mother knows needs to happen. And while that would be an excellent match when it comes to the wrestling aspect of it, obviously, being they're both very good at the whole wrestling side of pro wrestling, this next match that we have in mind really kind of goes more towards the storytelling aspect of professional wrestling. So when Brain and I concocted this feud in our heads, we thought to ourselves, how cool would it be if Edge took a visit somewhere John Cena did at WrestleMania this year? That would be the Firefly Funhouse. Now, any iteration of Bray Wyatt would work against Edge, right? Firefly Funhouse uh, Bray Wyatt against Edge would work. But we really want to see The Fiend against Edge. Um, you know, we just recently saw The Fiend lose his Universal Championship back at, pay- back at Payback. We say that like it was long ago, but it was only last week to Roman Reigns. And now The Fiend is kind of, I wouldn't say he's treading water, but I think this would be an excellent story to tell. Um, Bray Wyatt kind of got in John Cena's head in the Firefly Funhouse match, and I think that's exactly where this match with Edge would go. You know, imagine The Fiend just telling these stories, all these, you know, getting into the whole Matt Hardy and Lita thing with Edge and talking to, you know, just getting in Edge's head about stuff that happened with Christian many years ago. This is the kind of stuff that Bray Wyatt feeds off of, and I think it'd tell an excellent story. Yeah, absolutely. And while you look at the first two feuds, Adam Cole, AJ, against Edge, you would think that Edge would continue to be the babyface here. I think the beauty of what happens with The Fiend is, as we all know, and as many wrestlers have said, including Alexa Bliss, interacting with The Fiend changes you. And more specifically, if you track the history of The Fiend's feuds, you look at Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins, even Daniel Bryan, you see the quote-unquote real versions of these wrestlers. You see the versions of them that is authentic to who they are. And I think that's the beauty of the Fiend character. What he provides is clarity for these wrestlers, where you believe that you're this, that's all fine and well. I'm going to show you who you really are. I think that would be a great story with Edge, just like Bear said. You talk about Edge's past, all the things he did as the ultimate opportunist, the heinous things that he did. Maybe you can get Lita to, to, to take part in this storyline. I don't know the nature of their relationship at this stage, but hey, a little cameo would be nice. Who's not happy to see Lita? Um, that's for sure. Regardless, I think that this is a great opportunity to not only to kind of evolve Edge beyond the role that he's in now, which, and I'm not complaining, it's great, but the role that he's in right now is more along the lines of feel-good story, right? Oh, he's back. This is amazing. He's back. I can't believe he's back. At some point, he's just going to be back. I think the, the true appeal of a feud with the fiend is that the aftermath of it is that evolution from that feel good character like we like i just said because i'm redundant um and grow him into something more sustainable and i think with edge where edge has always been at his best is as kind of a bastard yeah and 
the fiend can kind of remind him of who he is. And maybe that creates an internal feud between Edge and himself, where he has to look at the sins of his past, which maybe he's been hoping to avoid as everybody cheers him on as he returns and forgets about all the terrible things that he did during his career. Kayfabe people. Um, of course. And ideally that leads to a feud with our next person. I won't go there yet because I think we have a little bit more to say about the fiend, but as bear said, Firefly Funhouse would be perfect because taking kayfabe out of it for a second, let's be real. I just had three matches. He got hurt in one of those matches. Maybe the best way to ease him back in and to increase the longevity of this run would be to give him a cinematic match. Even if it's not Firefly Funhouse, could be anything. Could be Swamp Compound thing. Whatever. Whatever it is. Bray Wyatt's a genius. Edge is a genius. They're going to make magic if they ever step in the ring together. And we really hope they do, especially because, man, those promos would be killer. Yeah. And the next man we have on our list would be another match where the promos would just be absolutely killer. Plus, there's Canadian ties. And <clears throat> I mentioned before that Edge on the Edge and Christian show, that Totally Rigged of Awesomeness, the podcast version, you know, he put a lot of guys over as guys that he could definitely see Leading the torch, if you will, if that's the right saying. I don't think it is. Leading the way for the future of WWE. Kevin Owens was one of those guys. Now, I already mentioned they have those Canadian ties together, but this is definitely a feud Kevin Owens kind of needs right now, right? Now, I'm not saying Kevin Owens is necessarily treading water per se. I think the feud with Aleister Black is actually pretty entertaining right now. I know there's a little more meat to the bone for that feud, and um, I think they're going to have a killer match when they do get in the ring together. I know they were on Raw Underground. Does that really count as a match? I don't think so. But I think they could definitely have a good match at a pay-per-view together. But this is not about Aleister Black. This is about Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, you know, as Edge mentioned in a previous podcast, is a guy that can lead the way for the future. Even though he's already kind of the present. The man's already been a universal champion. He's, I think he's a tag team championship away himself from a Grand Slam championship. Right. Which I'm surprised he hasn't won at least with like a guy like Sami Zayn yet, right? I mean, Kevin Owens doesn't have many friends, but I could see it happen. Look, this match would be, you know, this is another one of those matches, much like a match with Adam Cole. This is one that's, you know, in between the the ring ropes, above all else, is where it'll be the most entertaining. I think I definitely think this could really do edge favors in his in his next return to the squared circle, right? And we're going to talk more about our uh, ideas for WrestleMania. Yes, uh, we are. We already Wink. have a card in place that maybe we'll talk about soon. Edge Wink. is obviously a part of that, as is Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is a pretty significant part of that, but that's for another day. I think the reality of Kevin Owens versus Edge is you have versatility there. Because... Yep. As Bear said, you know, Canadian ties, Kevin Owens being a fan of Edge ties. That's always a good story when you can incorporate real life even slightly. And there's a lot of connection between those two wrestlers, I guess you could say. Um, I think what this feud would really have a chance to show is the Kevin Owens that a lot of people miss. Now, I personally love Kevin Owens the way he is. I think him playing the role that he's been playing recently, which is 
at least in my interpretation of it, is that he's kind of ridding WWE of what plagues it, right? You know, there, yeah. he, got, he got rid of Shane at WrestleMania. He kind of halted the progress made by the Messiah. And then the Messiah subsequently could not beat Drew McIntyre. Have to think that the mental anguish of losing to Kevin Owens had something to do with that. As Bear said, Kevin Owens has done it all. NXT champion, Universal champion, Intercontinental champion two times over, United States champion three times over. But when we talk about Kevin Owens, we all, like, you hear that name, you see that wrestler, and he has that presence about him. The main event superstar presence. And it does kind of feel like, and perhaps through no fault of his own, there's just something missing from what he's accomplished in WWE. Because he had a long title reign that I think most everyone enjoyed. The feud with Chris Jericho and the heartbreaking uh, festival of friendship. We shed a tear to this day. Uh, Kevin Owens, he has that. Maybe what he needs to make that official leap to, you can't take me out of this top tier status, which is where a lot of people, ourselves included, believe he should be, is a feud with Edge because he could go heel and kind of pull like a Jericho versus Michaels kind of feud where you're facing your idol, you're facing the guy who you grew up wanting to be like, and you snap and you just want to take them out. Or Edge could be the heel and Kevin Owens can further be built up as, in my opinion, the best baby face that nobody talks about because he is incredible as a face also incredible as a heel i guess the point here is as bear said in the ring this thing would be awesome on the mic this thing would be awesome the story would be built in so they could build upon an existing platform it 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 kind of writes itself i know we keep saying that but i think that's the beauty of edge returning is you do have limitations on time and you know how many matches he can have how many feuds he can have but that almost raises the stakes in a good way where you look at it and you go, okay, forget about all the the matches we'd like to see. What do we need to see? And Edge versus Kevin Owens certainly fits that bill, as does, I'd say, the next match. Easy, easy, easy transition right there. A match that, you know, this is quite frankly, I think six six years in the making now because back in 2014 – a man now known as the Monday Night Messiah, his name being Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was a devious little heel shit. I ruined our perfectly good episode with a swear word just now. Whatever. Seth Rollins and J&J Security, also part of the authority, um, attacked guest hosts of Raw, Edge and Christian. Seth held Edge hostage, which Cena attempted to rescue. Rollins threatened to break Edge's neck unless Cena brought back the authority. Really good storytelling. Really good storyline back in the day. Back in the day being 2014. Like I said, six years in the making. I don't think this is a feud that, you know, plus I mentioned Edge wanting matches with Kevin Owens, matches, you know, matches with Roman Reigns, all these guys. This one's long, very long-term storytelling. And what better way for Edge to get his retribution? Huh? Is that the right yeah. word to use? I don't know. Well, I just say that because because maybe Edge is part of Retribution, brother. He he better not be. But whatever the case may be, very, very long-term storytelling here. And I think 
again, we said this about every other fucking match here, but that speaks for itself. Edge wanting redemption, retribution, whatever the word you want to use on Seth Rollins, who, by the way, he's still a little shit to this day, being the Monday Night Messiah, making the Mysterio's life, the Mysterio family's life a living hell. Maybe Edge wants to save Ray here or Dominic or whatever the case may be. I think that's easy to put him in this place, right? Absolutely. And the reality is, you know, Seth Rollins underrated doesn't even begin to do it, right? You know, underappreciated, however you want to put it. The guy is a literal living legend. And I know that he's made some comments on Twitter about a company that he likes working for and talks about how he believes that the company does good things and how the concept really do such a thing. What a dick he is. Uh, look, how dare he? How dare he? Rollins turned 34 years old this year. And look at that damn resume. Even if you take out the fact that, I don't know, he's a former Ring of Honor world champion, two-time Ring of Honor world tag team champion, former PWG world tag team champion. Just look at WWE, right? How about the first ever NXT champion? How about two-time WWE world heavyweight champion or two-time universal champion? Multiple Reigns as Intercontinental Champion. He held the WWE and the United States title at the same time. And he's a six-time tag team champion. And if you think that's not enough, he won the Royal Rumble. He won Money in the Bank. He's a Triple Crown Champion, a Grand Slam Champion. Da, da, da. He's basically everything that, oh, right, Edge is. In a lot of ways, Seth is like the new era version of Edge. He's an opportunistic wrestler. He's a sneaky little heel. He's a guy who, even when he's face, you always have this sneaking suspicion that he's plotting in a way that I'm going to hate that guy in a few months, aren't I? I personally, well, we're not going to get into preferences. But what I will say is this. If you want to talk about matches that speak for themselves in the ring, Seth Rollins delivers. You can question booking and you can put things on him that he has nothing to do with if you'd like. In the ring, Seth Rollins is about as good as it gets. And Rollins versus Edge, as Bear said, I didn't even realize that, or at least remember that. So great job with the, you know. Shout journal. out to Wikipedia yet again. Yes. And Just Wikipedia. kidding. That's my journal. I know you're about to give me credit for being a good journalist, which I'm not. But, you know. <laughs> that was, that was Bear the investigative journalist. So that's what we're going to give him credit for. And uh, look. That is a built-in storyline right there because all you need is for Seth Rollins to come on out with Buddy Murphy. Don't call him your buddy because he's not your buddy Murphy. And just say, hey, Edge, I'm here to finish the job. We have one more opponent, and it's an honorable mention, right? Yes. And it's only an honorable mention because, at least in our minds, those five were must-see. The honorable mention is must-see, too. So it's not a slight to him. It's just, damn, it's hard to put anybody over those five. And we have seen this match before on a SmackDown, but it was Edge teaming with Kelly Kelly <laughs> to take on this man and Vicky Guerrero in a mixed tag team match. This man being your reigning, defending, undisputed WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. Um. I hate to use the term. It speaks for itself. It writes itself yet again, but that's what we do here. No. Um, there's a lot of parallels between Edge and Drew, right? 
Yeah. Obviously, they're both taller in stature, Edge being 6'6", six, six, Drew being 6'5", or is that the vice versa? Whatever. No, Edge is 6'6", six, six, Drew 6'5". Six, so both of these guys are kind of on the hoss side of things, like Edge said, or Biggie once said. We have to make mention. Two big meaty men slapping meat, right? Is that how he said it? There we go. The, slapping the, meat. We, know, had to, yeah. we had to get that reference in there somehow. There we go. Uh, my night. But, been. yeah, there you go. But, look, Drew, as WWE champion, for all intents and purposes, has been fucking killing it. Absolutely. Would we want Edge to dethrone Drew McIntyre? Eh, would it hurt? No. I mean, Edge has had a killer career. He's already made the Hall of Fame, but yeah. this feud would do wonders for Drew McIntyre, especially if he went over, hypothetically. I'm sorry for using insider terms like over, but, you know, this would be a good way for Drew's championship resume to just strengthen. Yeah. In a, you know, even in a win or loss against Edge. But, you know, we've talked about Drew on this podcast a couple times. He's, He's really doing well as WWE champion at the moment. He's only got one Intercontinental Championship to his resume, one NXT Championship, two Raw Tag Team Championships, eight men's Royal Rumble. Edge hasn't beat in the resume department. But, again, this is a match that I hate to use the term yet again, writes itself, but here we are, right, Brian? Well, you know what? We like to capture the obvious and present it to you. I don't think that's a flaw. No. Fuck no. No. As Bear said, Edge versus Drew technically has happened, but anybody who is even remotely familiar with Drew McIntyre will agree. This version of Drew McIntyre and the a lot different version of yeah, night and day. They're they're not the same person. And I mean, build alone, hair quality alone. Uh, look, the, this is made event stuff. I, I think. To Bear's point, Drew McIntyre has been an outstanding WWE champion to the point that I would say he's kind of rewritten the book and kind of set a new standard in terms of what a quote-unquote face champion should be. You know, it's not all, oh, can they overcome the odds? You know, Drew McIntyre has been the prototypical fighting champion he's had some great matches with guys like seth rollins bobby lashley and dolph ziggler obviously his match with randy orton at SummerSlam was excellent as another one coming up at clash of champions depending on when you listen to this episode look drew i think the best thing you can say about him is that he has now reached the point where even if he doesn't have the title he doesn't need it He's that level of star now, where that's Drew McIntyre, universally respected as a main event player. And obviously he beat Brock Lesnar to win the title and then beat Big Show that same night. That's about as impressive as it gets. That's like the super heavyweight version of beating Rock and Cena in one night. You know, like to beat the two most physically impressive wrestlers ever, not too shabby, especially when you do it back to back. So Drew is safe, I think, in that regard. In saying that, I think what he needs – need, need sounds wrong because I don't think he needs anything. I think the way that he benefits from this feud with Edge is remember back to before Drew McIntyre was a beloved face, he made Kurt Angle tap out to his own move. Drew McIntyre, great of a face as he is, has also proven to live up to that 
nickname, I guess, that we've given him of the Scottish psychopath. And I would really like to see Drew take on any kind of role with Edge because the beauty of that feud would be simple. These are two guys who are legitimately great wrestlers, two guys who can kill it on the mic, and two guys who, as Bear said, are quite similar. You know, build, look, career in some ways, where, you know, Edge winning the world title, I know it seems crazy to say because he won it so many times, but Edge winning the world title was not a foregone conclusion. It, it was not a situation where it was like, well, it's only a matter of time. A lot of people pegged him as just a mid-card level champion, you know, a, an ICUS champion, a great tag team wrestler, but not necessarily a world champion. And he rose above that and won the title. Drew McIntyre obviously did the same thing, went from being one-third of 3MB to being the guy who main evented the second night of WrestleMania. Pretty cool evolution. So, look, I, all six of these matchups would be incredible. Drew McIntyre is not being slighted when we say that he's the honorable mention. It's just this is a whole lot of talent to choose from. And hopefully we get to see all of these. But even if we only get to see one of these matches and feuds, we'd be lucky, lucky wrestling fans. And if you think we missed anyone, tell us on all the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or our number that nobody has utilized yet, 614-450-0366. You can call it. You know what? Let's give an incentive. You call it. You leave it a voicemail. I'm not going to answer it. If you leave it a voicemail, we might include it on the podcast. How about that, brother? Will the quality of the audio sound a little shitty? It might, but that's okay because we're professional podcasters. So, again, 614-450-0366. Six six. Was there an echo just there right now? Nope. That sounded weird on my end. I don't know. Whatever the case may be. 614-450-0366. You should definitely use that line. Tell us who we missed. Tell us if you agree. Tell us if you disagree. Tell us we suck. Tell us we're decent. Tell us anything. Or listen to the fancy guy on the outro to tell you where you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Wait, does he have the Instagram on there? Whatever the case may be. You know where to find us. It's at Heel Turns and Headlocks. We have all the bases covered. and I, I think so. On that note, as always, thank you, everyone who listened. I, I know we're, we're like a broken record, but we love you all so, so much for supporting us in any way whatsoever. If you've even just liked one post on our social media or something and then told us to fuck off, that's still great. And we are back. Nobody's done that yet. I wish they would. I wish they would. That would, be, that would spice our day up. Um, right. Regardless, point is, we appreciate all of you more than words can express. And really, we thank you so much for joining us on this journey that we're on. And we love you all. We hope you all stay safe during these still crazy times. And if you do nothing else, love professional wrestling. Boom. You've been listening to Heel Turns and Headlocks with Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back soon with more. But until then, reach out on Facebook at Heel Turns and Headlocks, on Twitter at Heel underscore Turns underscore Pod, and on Instagram at Heel Turns and Headlocks. We'll see you 
next time.